Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Monday. March 13th, 2023. Day of the Devil. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside Forbes 30 Under 30, a.k.a. the second best baby blues, a.k.a. New York Times quoted. That's me. At Tim Gettys. It brings me, it makes me giddy every time you say that, Greg. I mean, oh, what was he quoted? Oh, Pokemon. Yeah. You talked about Pokemon in the New York oh, Times. Oh, I had a Pretty Pokemon good. weekend, Greg. Yeah, you were you, you 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 did this thing you do where you're like I I did this crazy Nintendo thing and I just nodded like yes yeah. I understand all this information this makes a lot of sense to me. Well, what happened this weekend? So as you you well know, Greg, I am uh, a born again Pokemon master, mm-hmm. and um, you are attempting Scarlet. to catch them all. I am attempting slowly but surely yeah, here to catch them all. Now there are no excuses, Greg. <laughs> no, especially after after this weekend, no uh, excuses. Uh-huh. So got them all in the in in Gen Nine, Scarlet yeah. and Violet, and I was like, I'm gonna go back to the beginning. I'm gonna play through the Let's Go games just to get the the original Kanto uh, Pokemon. And um, I was like, and, and I, I might just stop there. I'm probably gonna stop there because the original plan was I'm gonna do them all. I'm gonna catch all thousand seven of these or whatever they are, right? Yeah. Um, g- gonna play through all the games, and then I started looking into it. I'm like, that seems like a lot of time, but more so a lot of effort and a lot of sure. weird ass WNDs. All right. Weird Nintendo, Nintendo decisions, decisions dating back decades at this point. All right. Sure. Because to catch them all, you can't just buy a game and catch them all. No. You need, you need Impossible. like 20 different games, sure. 15 different systems, yep. all this like hootin' nanny. All right. And on top of all of this, Nintendo's closing the 3DS eShop on March 27th. We're days away from the end of the 3DS eShop. Uh, over the last year, you can't put money into the account anymore. Uh, As a man who lived through the death of the PlayStation Vita eShop, I know exactly what you're talking about. I can feel I feel your pain here. Exactly, exactly. And I'm the type of person that I, I traditionally, if there's something I really care about, I get it because I'm like, you know, like Mario 3D All-Stars. They're like, yo, it's limited. I'm like, well, I'm buying one, motherfuckers. I have that shit. I'm good, you know, because yeah. then I get stressed in later times. Sure. If they're like, oh, it's closed down. I'm like, oh, fuck, what do I need to get? What do I need to get? So Same reason I got two mint on card of every Ghostbuster action figure. 100%. You never know. Yep. You just never know. Um, or like I, I saw these Jordans. Had to get them. I love them. Look, look at that blue. That's the most Tim Gettys blue ever. Bought two pairs. I'm looking out for future Tim. Is that the most Tim Gettys blue? Because that's like this a midnight is. blue. I think of it more like no. the cyan kind of funny blue. The, the that, it's blue. a common misconception. People think that that the the kind of funny blue is my favorite blue. It's sure. actually, in fact, this blue. This midnight blue. Right? This blueberry. Yeah. yeah. Blue. Anyways, um, back to the 3DS, Greg. Yeah. All right. I started looking into this, and the problem is for all of the 3DS and before Pokemon games, the only way to get those Pokemon transferred into the new thing, Pokemon Home, yeah. is this app called Pokemon Bank. I've heard about yes. that. Yes, yes, yes. In addition to Pokemon Bank, to get the older, older games, you need an app called Pokemon Transporter. You can okay. only get Pokemon Transporter through Pokemon Bank. So you got to download Pokemon Bank, sure. load that in, and then it's a separate app you can download. All right, this isn't that bad. Not that bad at all, right, Greg? Here's the problem. Pokemon Bank requires a $5 fee that Uh-oh. you pay. After March 27th, it's going to be free. But for right now, you have to pay. I don't care. Five bucks. I could do that. But guess what? You can't add funds anymore, Greg. You can't add the funds. So what are you going to do? There's a workaround. Of course there's a workaround. There's always a workaround. You got to link link your Nintendo Switch ID to your Nintendo 3D, whatever the hell that shit was called, Nintendo Network ID. If I told you, Greg, that my entire Saturday was me sitting with multiple Switches in front of me, multiple 3DSs, 2DSs, just trying to make sure I had everything, just in case, just in case I decide to do this all one day. Yeah. I'm prepped, though. I'm ready. I, I got appreciate it because I talked to you, I think it was Friday at, at the close, and you're like, it has been so stressful these past few weeks. Me and G have agreed to do nothing this weekend. Yes. And instead, you just stressed out over your Nintendo Switch slash 3DS connections. But now I feel great. Now it's all good. I, I, last night, I slept like a baby. I was like, oh, one day I'll be able to catch them all, and I feel okay about that. I feel real okay about that. But then did I go a little bit crazy? I did, Craig. I did. Yeah. And let me tell you how. 
I thought of, I started thinking this through. This is, this is the Tim Gettys logic here. There were a couple games, Pokemon games. Every generation, I always buy one of them, right? I don't need both of them. Sure. I choose the color that's closest to blue, and I roll with it and, and go from there. But then I started realizing, one day I might want to catch them all. And one day, these games are going to be out of print, Finny. no way to buy them. Yeah. And now because these stores are closed, you can't buy them digitally. So I bought every fucking Pokemon game I could physically. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. They come from eBay, Amazon? What'd you do? Amazon. Yeah. Amazon for most of them. These 3DS games are about to skyrocket in price. Something I didn't think about. Didn't think about it, Greg. You should think about it now. If there's any 3DS game you want, get it now. I'll, I'll rise, rise, rise. A long time ago, ladies and gentlemen, I think it was the beginning of 2022, uh, we reported on uh, Games Daily about the stock of GameStop about to get delisted. And at the time, I said, this is a silly. You, if I'm not a stock person, I don't know what shit I'm talking about. You should buy this. And then, of course... You know, uh, Reddit stock, what watch, and all the shit, and it went crazy, and you would have made like a gajillion dollars. I'll tell you right now, you got a savings account, empty that motherfucker, empty buy every 3DS, every 3DS game there is, and then just fucking when the time comes, you flip them on eBay. You're making mm-hmm. you're making money there. You know what I mean? But also, let's be clear, we're not financial advisors whatsoever. This isn't legally uh, pending or admissible in court. Nice try, Judge <laughs> Shapiro. You're not catching me. I just want you to know that this seems like a good thing. If you went and you bought a lot of Extreme Ghostbusters mm-hmm. on, uh, well, that was a GBA game, but they got to be limited too. Buy that, you're all set. Mm-hmm. See them throwing away a bunch of Funko Pops? It's crazy. <laughs> we're going to talk about more. Like the fact. That Mike Howard, Snow Bike Mike, has played Dead Island 2. The Last of Us Season 2 won't cover the whole second game and more because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday on a variety of platforms, we run you through the nerdy video game news you need to know about. If you like that, be part of the show for free at kindoffunny.com slash KFGD where you can write in with your questions, comments, and concerns about the day's news. Of course, you should go to patreon.com slash kindoffunny. Over on patreon.com slash kindoffunny, you get each and every episode of kind of funny games daily ad free as a video and an mp3 of course you could get dozens and dozens of monthly exclusive shows you could get kind of feudy you could get the daily gregways you could just have fun and support us and maybe get a merch item and all this different stuff all on patreon.com slash kind of funny but I digress. If you want to support us for free, you can watch us record the show live on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames or youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames. If you're watching live, you have a special job. Go to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong and tell us what we screw up as we screw it up so we can set the record straight later for everybody watching on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames and listening on podcast services around the globe. If you wanted another free way to support, use the creator code Kind of funny on the Epic Game Store or Fortnite on your PlayStation. Uh, I was going to say Rumbleverse. Rest in peace on your Xbox. But, you know, it's gone now forever. Uh, anything that uses the Epic Creator Code, toss in a kind of funny. And we get a few bucks and it doesn't cost you anything. Nice. Housekeeping for you. The Kind of Funny Game Showcase returns as a mega stream. Seven hours featuring 14 games one week from today. That's right. It is GDC week, March 20th, starting at 10 a.m. Pacific. So no games daily that day. We will kick off a seven-hour stream featuring 14 video games, hanging out, having fun, and just partying. We're going to party. We're going to drink. It's going to be like it's the showcase idea of us using our platform and the amazing studio, the spare bedroom for it. But it's also the old 2015 GDC showcase idea of Patreon where it's just going to be anarchy. If people just come and going, friends there, we'll party, we'll have a good thing. Me and Mike are going to play a boxing game. We're going to wear some headgear. Mike, I got to order that still. Don't let me forget. (laughs) Uh, More housekeeping for you. For weeks now, Andy has carried Mike and Nick through the lands between in their seamless co-op Elden Ring playthrough. Join them this Friday as Andy puts his sanity and possibly his health on the line as they try to play all day long with your help during their Elden Ring mini marathon stream. That is this Friday, ladies and gentlemen. Wednesday for the stream, Greg, that's me, and Mike, he's over there, are going to check out the Two Point Campus Ghost Hunting DLC. Ghost Hunting. There is no busting. This is legally distinct, and I'm very excited. Uh, Our Last of Us HBO breakdown for the finale is up right now on the screencast feed for podcasts and YouTube.com slash kind of funny. And if that wasn't enough, as soon as we end this episode of Games Daily, there'll be a 30-minute break. But then... The one, the only, Neil Druckmann is joining us for a Last of Us HBO spoiler cast. You can watch us if you're watching live right now, youtube.com slash kindoffunny or twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames. And if you're later, it'll be up as a screencast podcast feed. It'll be up on youtube.com slash kindoffunny. Lots of, lots of stuff happening today, mm-hmm. including me thanking our Patreon producers, Tripod++, Delaney Twining. Today we're brought to you by Honey, but we'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin the show with what is and forever will be. The Roper Report. Time for some news. Six items on the Roper Report. 
a baker's dozen. Ladies and gentlemen, the year was 2014. In a small city called Los Angeles, California, PlayStation held a press conference where they said, we have quite a few games to talk about, including one that will be coming out in the second quarter of 2015. And that game, ladies and gentlemen, was Dead Island 2. Since then, holy fucking shit has it been a long journey to get to 2023. Nearly a decade later. But this game is real. You can play it. And the host of the Kind of Funny X-Cast, the one, the only, the master of hype, Snowbike Mike, has played it. Hello, Mike Howard. Craig Miller, what up, big dog? I missed you, homie. It's good to see you, Tim. As always, it's a pleasure, big dog. Uh, Yeah, Craig Miller, I got to play Dead Island 2, and it is for sure real, and it took me back to a better time. 2011 through 2013. Dead Island 1 and Dead Island (laughs) 2. Over a decade ago, baby. I'll tell you what, it brought me back to those good old Xbox 360 days. And yeah, I got the opportunity to go hands-on with the game. Uh, A six-hour opportunity to play as much as you want for six hours. Six hours, wow. a certain amount of missions that we could do. But I could go get lost in LA. I like showing off my yams, but Bear doesn't want me to get the yams out. You know what I mean? Uh, But... I got to go around and have some fun. So I explored for about four and a half hours, playing as much as the game allowed me to play. Okay. And I went out and explored and had a ton of fun with it. So it's very interesting because this game feels like Dead Island 1, right? If you've played Dead Island 1 or if you've played Dead Island Riptide, you're going to know what I'm talking about. It feels like a 2013 game, right? We are transported Oof, back. Okay. And there's some positives, some negatives about that, right? On the positive side, we're really a decade. Watch, it's been a decade. Different and developer. Seen, <laughs> uh, multiple different, multiple different right. developers. But we've seen some... You know, progress, right? The game looks better, and the detail is in there. The world of L.A. is really, really cool. I prefer that over other zombie games that we've seen, right? This is something we all know. It's colorful. It's bright. It's a lot of fun to see. And they've made it now, instead of one giant open world, it's broken down into small districts that have all a bunch of open zones and cool detail, right? So we started off in the Hollywood Hills, and we had some fun exploring that, right? You go up. You survive a plane crash. You follow this Hollywood actress up to her mansion, and that's kind of home base to start the game. And from there, you get to explore the hills and then move down into Beverly Hills. And so, question those are the two immediately, I'm sorry. If you said it's a lot like Dead Island, and the thing, of course, that I yeah. will never forget about Dead Island, the game I enjoyed and mm-hmm. Riptide that mm-hmm. I enjoyed, despite all its flaws, yeah, yeah. was even a decade ago. How fucking slow it was to search every goddamn piece of luggage. <laughs> Is it slow as shit? Trying no, to ser- okay. I am happy to report that it is much faster <laughs> okay. now to loot and grab everything, right? And so I really enjoyed, first off, the detail of L.A. I, I thought they did a really good job. And now breaking into smaller zones, that allowed for a little bit more detail to put in. A lot of the rooms are explorable, right? You're not going to run into just doorways and walls that you just look at and go, oh, can't go past that. I guess that's just a no-go zone. There's a lot of places to explore. Now, will you get awesome loot, Greg? Probably not. Most of the time, you're just going to get spare scraps and other materials to build. Of course, if you know Dead Island, you know that crafting is going to be a big part of this, and crafting has returned. Of course, I'm going to make a bat that has a flamethrower on the end of it. I got a spike that's got a nice electrical pokey in there. Of course. So it's well worth your time to go explore, but the detail is what got me, right? I go into the Hollywood Hills. I'm at this cool streamer mansion, and it is decked out with everything you want, from neon lights to a bowling alley. Every room felt like it was worth my time time to go explore and see what they put in that's what i really liked about it then on top of that the zombies now there's some good and some bad did i kill the same zombie wearing the same t-shirt a thousand times sure of course i did but what they did with the zombies flesh and bone mechanics is really really interesting because <laughs> as, I beat, I was <laughs> as i beat down the zombies it was really really fun to see the flesh fall off their face to smack their legs and their leg break and then fall down, right, and become immobilized. Like, that was really well thought out and really, really well done. We've seen it in other games. It's not new. It's not an insane take, but it's fresh in the Dead Island world, especially after a decade, right? It's nice to see us kind of progress and where we're going with that. So I really loved that. On the flip side, combat feels slow. It feels old, right? That's the issue is it's been done better in other games, especially when we're living in a world of Dying Light and Dying Light 2 where they really put traversal and combat at the forefront. This feels like traversal and combat 
have just stuck the same. Did I feel slow the entire time running through these open worlds? Of course I did, right? Does it feel the same as I swing back and forth? Yes, that's totally what it felt like, right? And that's all right. Sometimes, is it? Is this game fun, Mike? Because you're, 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 you're out Is the game fun? It's the question. Around. Get off the, you're right in the Miller, middle. Here's where it's at. If this was 2011 or 13, oh, this would be fun. In 2023, this was not fun. Oh. Right? To me, this wasn't like a, I got to shut everything down and do this. Now, sure. people are going to find enjoyment in this. Of course. Right? People love zoning out and just mindlessly hacking and slashing zombies. But what I was looking for from Dead Island 2 a decade later was elevation. I was sure. looking for you to bring something new, something fresh to it. It all, sucks because right? this, we're watching gameplay right now if you're an yes. audio listener, and like this looks good. Yes, yeah. the game looks pretty, right? That's what I said. The detail is there. The game looks good. It runs well, right? But the issue is, is you're doing the same thing from 2013. Yeah. And people are going to like that, right? We just played Dead I or Dead or Dying Light 2, and it's very similar combat, But right? Dying Light's faster. But Dying like Light has the parkour. parkour. It has all these different mechanics in there. So this that's what I should game, do. if I want, Because if, I'm looking at this, and I'm like, man, yeah. I could go for a game like this. I should just go back, and I should do the DLC and everything else for Dying Light I mean, Light yeah, too. you should, if that's what you enjoy. See, for me, I'm going to play this game because I like L.A., right? I love the detail of what was going on here. <laughs> I'm I didn't sucker like, for a lot of like I, a drab world I, of Dying I get Light. I get yeah, what Mike's right? saying. You I agree. This, like, I definitely like this world better than uh, the Dying Light 2 yes, world. Yes, exactly. And so that that was my conundrum that I was put in while I was playing this. Of like, man, this feels old. It feels like a 2013 Xbox 360 game. Sure. Like, they're not bringing anything super new and fresh, but they've evolved upon the small things, right? The detail that you're seeing, beating down the zombies, sure. just looks like that. But that's what you're going to do for quite some time in this game. Reading up on Did it, you... it looks like it's going to be a smaller experience, more okay. about 20 hours, right? Oh, okay. There's six different slayers to choose from. So just like in classic Dying Light or uh, Dead Island fashion, choose your favorite character. Each has their own abilities. Each has their own pros and cons. Each are going to bring a little bit different dialogue to it. Also, that's always fun to choose Did you feel you like if you, as you like level up, because it's an RPG, right, that yes. it would get more fun, more fast? So we'll see how that goes, right? So the leveling system is hidden behind a flashy card system, which it's still just a skill tree, but now we've just put cards okay. as the choosing of your skills, right? That. Everybody likes to, they're, they're playing with ways to elevate a skill tree, and I, I appreciate that you put a little set dressing on it, but you're going to have a skill tree that will be broken down into different parts, right? Your basic skills will have certain cards you can put in, and you can choose up to five. Then there's the next level and the next level, right? All the way going up to the biggest and the baddest, and so you'll put different cards on. That will make your play style a little bit different right and have some fun on that but really it didn't seem like anything was moving faster or the combat okay. was getting anything okay. different the characters once again are going to make you roll your eyes right i ran into the social media influencer and they said oh man i'm not getting enough followers on my live stream do something crazy and the do something crazy was kick the zombie off the roof all i did was just kick a zombie Whoa, 10 times and it was likes. not exciting in any way shape or form Oh my gosh, light these zombies on fire. There's three fire pits around you. You kick them into the fire pits. Not really exciting on that one, right? So mm -hmm. that one stunk. You had another one that was reminiscent, of course, Zombieland, right? With the Bill Murray scene. Sure, yeah, There's yeah. some old wash-up actor. He's stuck upstairs with his rival. He's like, hey, young blood, come help me out. I'm too tired to get down the stairs. And you beat up five zombies. And then he goes, okay, cool. I'm going to bring down my electric chair. You kill five more zombies and he makes it, right? And so that makes you smile and have a little bit of fun. But what they were promoting was like, wacky wild characters that you're going to be blown away with and none of them felt like that and Got sure it. it's only the first four hours so maybe we'll be introduced to more of that but now you'll be like oh wow. <laughs> oh wow they're not gonna if they're not bringing the heat the first four hours that is what the game is and so yeah it's like this weird blend of like there are a bunch of games in this genre right the hack and slash open world zombie slaying game that you could find right now and go play and this feels like it's the exact same dead island from 2011 just now with a little upgraded look some better details and a little bit more action to it all but it's going to be the same game you played before mike my question for you is with last year we had um dying light 2 and yes. saints row yes right different games mm -hmm. but both games that we we saw the trailers for and we're like, I don't know. There's delays. There was a lot of like, is this what's going to happen? Dying Light ends up coming out. And I would say surprised you guys. It did. Right? Yeah, we yeah, where it's like, like, hey, not the best thing ever, but fucking hey, awful final boss that ruined over, everybody's impression. See, <laughs> overstated. It's welcome. Yeah. Little too long. But way but better than we expected. Yeah. Good traversal. On. 
Fun basic combat. Yep. And then Saints Row, kind of a similar type situation, and then that came out and just shot the bed. Like nobody yep. was like defending that, at least on our side. Where do you think this one's going to fall closer to? Uh, this is going to be higher than Saints Row, less than Dying Light 2. I think people will enjoy the world and the detail like I'm talking about, but I think people will play after 20 hours going, man, this is some kind of slow-moving game, basic combat, right? And that's fine for people, but I, I'm not taking serviceable. I'm looking for good to great, right? Right, 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 right. right and I right. think that's where I fall on a lot of this. I think a lot of people will look around right. and go, that's good enough, or yeah, that got the job done, right? But I'm looking for something a little bit more. It's 10 years later. Mm-hmm. We could have evolved a little bit there. Yeah. Damn. And so that's my Dead Island 2. Higher than Saints Row. Much higher than Saints Row. Much, much higher. higher. I mean, there's an easy floor for that one. Okay, Much higher than that. But this isn't something where I'm like, oh, drop everything when this game comes. I have to play all the way through it. We'll see on the final product if I play all the way through and I sure. get involved. Sure, but, sure, sure. you know, if it's a smaller story, 10 to 20 hours, I'm into that. Mindless zombie slaying, maybe that's up your alley. But this is what you're going to get from Dead Island 1 and Riptide. It is that. So don't okay. expect anything more. Okay. Thank you so much, Mike. Thank you, you for your service. for having me. It was Mike, always fun. before you go. Yeah. Kind of Funny has given you and me everything. Yes, paycheck, you guys have. Uh-huh. A roof over our heads. Mm-hmm. Both of us, not just you. This endless in and out lunches. Endless, endless in and out things. And we are dedicated to making the best content possible. Yes, we do. Thursday, do you want to say fuck all of that? You drive to me. We get in my car. We drive to Sacramento to watch your Missouri Tigers in the NCAA <laughs> tournament. 100%. Fucking For order. real? We're going, yeah. we're going yeah. baby. We're going to the tournament. Sack town, baby. It's the city of trees. <laughs> it's the city of trees, everybody. <laughs> Thank you, Mike. Thank you for your report, and thank you for busting your own chair. We love it. Number love two it. on the Roper Report, ladies and gentlemen, comes from VGC's Andy Robinson, who writes, HBO's The Last of Us Season 2 won't cover all of the second game. Season 2 of HBO's The Last of Us show will not cover the entirety of The Last of Us Part 2 video games. It, or video game. Its creators have revealed. Speaking to GQ, co-creators Neil Druckmann, who's going to be up next with us here on Twitch.tv, so it's kind of funny games, and YouTube.com, so it's kind of funny games, or YouTube.com, so it's kind of funny games, uh, and Craig Mazin, uh, discuss their plans for a second season of the show following Sunday's final episode of the hugely successful HBO adaptation. Asked if season two will span the entire course of the second game, Mason replied, no, no way. Druckmann added, quote, it's more than one season, seemingly confirming their intention for a season three of the show. Asked how many seasons the second game content is intended to be told over, the pair would not confirm. Quote, you have noted correctly that we will not say how many, but uh, more than one is factually correct, Mason said. Earlier in the interview, the pair offered hints at to how as... Oh, at how uh, they're going to adapt The Last of Us Part II's more complex story structure, which relies on multiple perspectives and perspective shifts. Mason said that, like the first season, there would be some elements identical to the game and others where they would make changes. Quote, I think we know what we're doing on this one, he said. I'm not saying that in a snarky way. I'm saying that in a hopeful way. There are going to be things that are going to be different, and there are things that are going to be identical. There are things that are going to be added and enriched. There are some things that are going to be flipped. Our goal remains exactly what it was for the first season, which is to deliver a show that makes fans happy. <laughs> oh, The Last of Us Part 2 making Pete fans happy? <laughs> Craig, slow down. The pair also addressed the mixed reaction to some of the story elements of their Last of Us Part 2 video game, telling GQ that they're happy to have strong reactions to their material. Druckmann said, quote, I guess to go back to the earlier Todd Phillips quote from Craig, which is like, I don't care. How they react is how they react. That is completely outside of our control. So, how do we make the best TV show version of that story? What's the problem that that's the problem that we wrestle with every day? End quote. Mason added, uh, to the extent that the storylines move people to rage, confusion, or disappointment or anger, well, that, I suppose, is preferable to the worst possible outcome, which is indifference. End quote. Tim, I've said it before. Mm-hmm. You are very, very smart. That's when it comes to entertainment coverage. Thank you. You that, of we course, definitely need that asterisk. <laughs> hey man, we all we all we all got our pros, we all got our cons on this, all right? <laughs> uh one of the things you had said during our uh, you know, of course, spoiler filled uh, episode by episode breakdowns of The Last of Us, which did everything. And by the way, we're going to sp- I'm sure we might spoil Last of Us Part 2 here if you know nothing about Last of Us Part 2. Um you had said that you definitely saw the next season not being the entire game. 
Yeah, and I, I don't think that that is that wild of an observation. And they've even this isn't the first time that they've said this either. Shut the fuck up. Uh, but it makes a lot of sense. I, I think that when we look at the content of Last of Us Part One and Part Two, um, there is a significant amount more in two. Um, I'd say a whole there's double. There's probably an entire game's worth more of just pure plot and things that happen. And season one has shown us that they can change things or adapt things, tighten things up, kind of expand on others. And I expect them to continue that with this. I, I had hypothesized that they'll split the second game into two seasons. And I definitely think that there is not only multiple natural, like breaking points that that could happen at, whereas part one, um, you could have done it. Like, it's not like it's impossible, but you could have turned it into two seasons. But I think that the choices they made at the end of the day were the correct ones of uh, let the moment speak for themselves of, about the connection between Joel and Ellie and uh, the world and their connection to the world and kind of having these every episode be so focused in what it, it was trying to do different than the ones around it while also adding to the nine episode arc that we got. I think you can apply that logic to a season two and a season three that are both adapting parts of part two while adding as well. You look at the um, the Bill episode of the season, and I think that there are multiple uh, characters in for part sure. two that they could do that for. Um, when we even talk about the Kansas City um, scenario in the show, um, I forget her name, but um, the, the leader. The, the leader. Um, of I want to say Margaret. That doesn't sound right, though. The, the, the sect there. Um, I, I can really imagine that Kathleen. they. Yeah, Kathleen. Yes. Thank you, Kathleen. Um, it's all. I can see more episodes like that um, kind of uh, going through m many different characters, many different factions that exist in part two. And that really excites me. And I, I feel like they're kind of at a point now where um, season one was the proof to the world that last of us actually is as good as we've all given it credit for. And I think that they've succeeded in that. I think now that they can, they can kind of take their foot off the brake a little bit and get a little bit more into the story that they want to tell and like take a little bit more time. Like I'm sure that Neil Craig and the entire team are now like, what do we want to do? The world is ours. The HBO will give them anything they want at this point. Not that they already hadn't. And right? HBO is also probably begging them to make this as many seasons as you possibly exactly. fucking can. Yeah, but HBO also. Isn't I know. Known for I don't that. mean like, they actually are being like AMC or whatever, but they love money and they love the reaction they're getting. And like, sure. so how can we make yeah. this longer? But but I do think that like this, we're in a, a kind of best case scenario where. They want to, the creators want to make more, the fans want to see more, and HBO wants to support more because of how well the show's doing. Like, you don't always get that perfect combo. And um, from everything Neil has ever done, I don't think it's going to outstay its welcome. No, I, of course I think not. that very much, like, if there is more, it's going to be because it feels authentic. To I don't think you're going to go through a Game of Thrones looking glass, right, where Last of Us Part 3 starts as an HBO thing rather than a game. I don't either. Yeah, yeah definitely not. And I, like I've said a million times, I actually think that season four is going to be factions before we get to a part three. Like, I think it might be more of an anthology type season where it is diving into characters we either are familiar with or aren't familiar with to build out the world even more to then get to eventually whatever um, part three of the game is. We're, start looking at the timeline on this, right? There's no way we're getting this next year. They haven't even started shooting this. We know that they started shooting Last of Us Part 1 years ago. The pandemic happened. There's been a lot in the way. But I imagine that we're going to get seasons 2 and 3 back-to-back -back year after year. You so, think they film at the same time? Um, I don't know. If that, maybe. Maybe parts. But I, I think it'll be less at the same time and more just like, like traditional TV is done, where it is kind of like segmented, but like with the understanding of it'll definitely be written closer together. The pre-production stuff I think is going to – uh, move a lot faster, and because of the characters in the worlds, we know that a lot of the characters are going to be throughout a lot of the story for, you imagine, both parts of the season. So um, I think that we're looking at a late 2024, early 2025 season two, and then one year after that, the season three. By then, factions will have been out, the game. So yeah, we'll, no, no, don't get ahead of yourself. <laughs> right, I've heard that before. Uh, I, I mean, I believe it, though. I'm kidding. Uh, I'm kidding yeah, I, I, and I think that with that, we don't know what that, that looks like, but they've talked so much about the ambition of that game yeah. and like, how it's going to meld story and multiplayer. Like, I, My gut tells me that that's going to be the type of game that Tim Gettys has to play. Mm. And that's saying a lot because that multiplayer stuff is not for me, but I think that it's not going to be... Oh, well, Titanfall had a story, Titanfall 1. It, I think it's going to be more like embedded actual narrative and character in the um, multiplayer to, to a point that there'll be stuff to be able to take from for a season of the show. And then eventually, Last of Us 3 is happening. Of course. And I imagine we'll get it.
I don't know, within by 2028. Okay. Okay. Exciting, man. I love it. We're living My in a question great time. for you is uh, Barrett shakes his head. He says 2028. You don't, you don't buy Barrett? No shot. We'll see. We'll see what Naughty Dog's working on beyond this factions deal and go from there. Mm-hmm. I do think twenty. I mean, whatever. I could see. I, I think by twenty thirty, you'll have it for sure. I mean, yeah, sure, whatever. Like, hey, whoa. The, no, whoa. no, 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 no. I'm just saying they'll announce it. Like it'll be announced for twenty twenty eight, and then it may or may not hit it. Whether or not we Fair have enough. another global pandemic. As I've said before, ladies and gentlemen, spoilers for the Last of Us Part Two. So this is your chance to mute or whatever. We'll tap our heads or Barrett will flash something. Uh, where do you think the? Do you think it's just like the game? Do you think the break comes that? We have the final climactic moment in the theater, and then we cut. And in season three, season three is we start with Abby. I don't. I I I, I struggle to think that they would do that because I think that we already saw how much people hate Abby. Yeah. So if you again, do you want to go through that in that way? And like, do you want to for an entire season make her look like the devil to then give us a season where we like switch yeah, on her? I, I think it'll be a little. Thank it'll you. it'll take the. I, I was saying this in our um, screencast for um, the finale that you can check out on youtube.com slash kind of funny, but. Um, I really appreciate how they played with the structure of the season of The Last of Us show, and it really gave it a unique identity. And I think that Last of Us 2's structure and formatting is one of the things I enjoyed most about it. And when you look at the game, when we talk about Last of Us Part 1, we talk about winter. We talk about spring. Like The, the seasons were um, the, the natural breaking points in the story, so much so that they got title cards, right? Yeah. And um, I remember going into um, Last of Us 2 and – being like, what is, what's that going to be? Like, what, what's their kind of formatting going to look like? And them using the different days and the locations as well to kind of like show where we're at, I thought was a really uh, wise way of being able to play through two perspectives of not the same story, two separate stories happening to interconnect in some way, in a lot of major ways, um, but they're also doing very separate things. Um, and then also that allows for even longer flashbacks to occur that can be their own episodes to themselves or whatever. But because of that, I think that they could play with that um, structuring a lot more than part one because it's because they, they have the days that they can rely on. And, and again, in the show, there wasn't a winner title card. It just happened. You know, like they didn't structure it that way. Yeah. They were able to do it differently. I think the show can work the same way where they, uh, for season two, can take different bits and put them together. I think we'll get a much more mixed throughout season two of the show before going into season three. Interesting. Interesting. What do you think? Yeah, I, I, I'm not smart enough to tell you how they'll do it. I think they have to do it that way. Because, again, I, can't, I don't think you can do the entire season one the way it happened in the, first, the early part of the game and then have it be that season three picks up with Abby and not have people be like, I fucking hate Abby. Why am I here? Yeah. Like, you need to. And I think that, you know, they did such a good job throughout season one of, you know, giving us antagonists and also giving us a glimpse at why they're like that. And so it's, maybe even if you don't agree with them or whatever, like, you're still cheering for Joel and Ellie. You are like, I get why you're this way. I get why you're what you're trying to do here. Now, isn't that the point, though, of The Last of Us Part Two? at least how Neil has talked about it, where he wants you to start off from a, a place of hate to then slowly think more and more of where they're coming from, from their story? I do, but I think they sprinkled that into this uh, this season the first time by fleshing mm-hmm. out characters more. And like even like David, who obviously is reprehensible, but like you see his community and how they rely on him, and you can kind of be like, I can see why you're eating people, I guess, or what, you know what I mean? Like, and I'm not justifying it, but I'm saying like they, they gave you those windows. That I think it would be hard to go this way with last of us part two and have it be that we don't understand what Abby's motivation is and why she's like this. Yeah. And uh, to, to Barrett's point, just the devil's advocate of where we're driving at here is I do think that Abby, like us not liking Abby or being against her because of what she did to characters we love. So immediately I think is the point of last of us Two, and us hating her. And then eventually like, wait, do we hate Ellie? Like that whole thing is like the point. So I can imagine them keeping the point. Like I do think there's a world where season two and three of the shows are the, the exactly the same, exactly the same uh, plot wise and pacing wise uh, as the games, because I mean, why, why are we going to treat TV watchers as like dumber than gamers? They didn't, you know, and sure there was a lot of people upset about it, but there was a lot of people that weren't upset about it. And because they committed, it made a very special piece of art. I can see Neil and Craig being like, yeah, we're going to do that. And, you know, that's where the HBO might push back, but that's all hypothesizing. Like, if they commit to their vision, I think it could be extremely powerful for... My thought on that, and again, I don't, I don't know shit, right? I'm not, I, don't, I don't create award-winning video games or shows, as I'm sure the show will, will clean up fucking season one oh, with the Emmys and stuff like that. But my thought there would be that 
and I'm not exactly using it. I know this gets thrown around a lot. I know we've talked about it before and stuff, but I kind of go back to the Negan showing up in The Walking Dead, where it is like TV is much more disposable. It, even though it's not free HBO, it is you don't think about what money the sunk cost of it is. So I could see it be that we go all you go all the way. I hate Abby. I hate Abby. And then we get to a season like this season's all about Abby. And people are like, oh fuck that. I don't want to. Like I don't need to. Video games. At, by the time we got to that pump, that point, what you're twelve hours in, eight hours in, you know, you're we're gamers. We want to see what's up. We know who Naughty Dog is. We want to see this story and yada yada yada. Whereas I feel like if you got there into a in a show, I could see more people being like, oh no, I'm good. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think that that's the, the type of brave commitment that makes sure. Last of Us special. And sure. again, I don't think they're going to go that way, but I, I wouldn't be shocked if of they course, did. Of course. Of course. Me neither. Me and, neither. I, and I think that like looking at the, the game, they're, it's impossible to translate gameplay to TV perfectly. Like that's just that's why they're different. And I think that playing as Ellie in winter, it felt so special in the game. And then you watch it, and when it's uh, the episode is from Ellie's perspective – it doesn't feel the same as that. Like there, it's it's special for what it is, but it's not as like it doesn't take you out of it or into it in a way of just like oh wow, I am now this new character. And I think that playing as Abby does that, and playing as Ellie, especially in the second game, like the amount of time you're actually you are the avatar for or they're the avatar for you playing. I think it bonds you differently. The TV just can't do that. So sure. because of that, I expect that they'll sprinkling the story elements to make us a little bit more like who's right who's wrong because season one did such a good job of fleshing out characters like even like sam and henry even kathleen all these things it's like you, it built the world out in a way I, that everyone is bad and everyone is good and that's not the point and so i think that they've already set abby up way better than the game could have with our understanding of the language of the show i'm a stupid moron as i've said multiple times in the show if anything i could see it's that the start of season two is very much part two. And we go through and blah, blah, blah. Because I think you need that fucking insane, awesome moment of, right, I'm Tommy and this is my brother Joel. And everyone looks up. Because I, I think about, I, I, I got chills right there. But like in a, on an HBO show of whatever, and like, and like what, Pedro Pascal being like, y'all act like you know us or something. That's because we do. And they shoot. Yeah, like, that's like, the premiere. Oh, that's the premiere, you think, right oh. there? Oh, okay, okay, yeah. okay, okay. But I can see it being, I wouldn't say it's a premiere. I think when they mm. want to ease us into it a bit right, more because we right. got to introduce Dino. We got to get a yeah. whole bunch of things going on, blah, blah, blah. Anyways, though, stick with me. I think you do that, and then, you know, we get the death of him, and then I wouldn't be surprised if either the next episode or we give the episode to Morn and Ellie hugs the jacket and goes through the house and all that, and, and the episode after that, that's when you do the flashback episode of Abby, and she's hanging with their dad or whatever and then it comes and we get introduced early of like oh like this girl is the doctor's kid and joel killed the doctor and that like to give us some uh, an early like hey mm -hmm. this is why she did this so you understand early on you can still not like her you can still not be but like whatever yeah but that's what i would i don't but i don't know what the fuck i'm doing yeah there's no, a reason neil doesn't call me for advice but again i think that makes sense and i again at the end of the day they have proven to me that like time and time again that their vision is right they know what they're doing and they're going to deliver and they're going to be able to deliver it in different mediums. And I can't wait to see how they adapt to because me too. two is such a special story to me and like filled with such amazing characters. And if they can do for last of us part two, what they did for part one, we got an all timer on our hands. Can't wait really quick. I just, uh, someone in the chat, I, it was a long time ago, but I just love the idea that, that they brought up of, the finale for season two being the line from Abby of like, we gave you another chance and you wasted it. And then it just cuts to black. Um, and that right there, it's like, Phew. yeah, what a, what a way to leave that as a, as a cliffhanger. You we know? let totally. you live. Yeah. <sighs> uh, anyways, you can take off spoilers, bro. And I want to apologize personally to shadow Fox underscore shadow Fox shadow underscore Fox in the Twitch chat. Who said, I'm still talking about this. I want to get back to gaming news. I apologize. Shadow. Number three on the rope report. Nintendo thinks Zelda Tears of the Kingdom will justify its $70 price tag. This is Tom Ivan at VGC. Nintendo of America president Doug Bowser has said the company expects the Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom to justify its $70 price tag. The company announced last month that the upcoming game cost $69.99, marking the first time it has charged more than $59.99 for a standard edition of a digital Switch title. In a recent interview, Nintendo's U.S. boss was asked how the platform holder reached its decision to price Tears of the Kingdom at $70. Quote, 
We look at what the game has to offer, Bowser told Associated Press. I think fans will find this is an incredibly full, deeply immersive experience. The price point reflects the type of experience that fans can expect when it comes to playing this particular game, end quote. After the game's price was announced, a Nintendo spokesperson suggested $70 won't necessarily be the new norm for first-party Switch software, stating that the company determines the suggested retail price of its products on a case-by-case basis. Bowser said on the matter, quote, This isn't a price point that we'll necessarily have on all our titles. It's actually a fairly common pricing model either here or in Europe or other parts of the world where the pricing may vary depending on the game itself, end quote. Tim? Mm-hmm. Bowser can say all he wants. He can. But I'm sure millions of gamers will join me in boycotting this. (laughs) No tears in the kingdom for us. Um, uh, Need to let you know, Greg, I finally got my hands on a $40 copy of Metroid Prime Remastered physically. It's on the way to my house. We did it, baby. We did it. This man makes Um, financial decisions that are good. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, but yeah, no, here we go. Um, this isn't a surprise. What like what would Doug Bowser say? No, no, no. This ain't going. Yeah, we fucked it. up. Sorry, we fucked guys. Up. My bad. No, but also on top of that, like I I know that there there's a lot of nuance to this conversation yeah. and the value of a game and X Y Z and to everybody it's something different. I look at this and I I buy it. I get it. I understand why they're doing this and I understand that they can do this because of what they're. They're promising with this game. There's a promise here, and yeah. I think that they're going to meet that. And uh, Nintendo's always had a uh, different price scale compared to uh, the other guys throughout the generations. When I remember back in the, the GameCube days, like there'd be games that were cheaper on GameCube, and Game Boy Advance games were $30, and it was like that was just the first-party standard. And then as everyone, everything got more and more advanced, prices went up and up and up. Now, the difference is here we are, $70 titles on next-gen PS5 and Xbox Series X games, and that comes with 4K, and that comes with HDR, and that comes with this, 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 and all the fancy stuff. And yo, Tears of the Kingdom's just not going to have that. And I do think that there is there is something there that irks me, where I'm just like, I, I don't like that I'm, I'm paying next-gen prices for um, an experience that it oftentimes lets me down on a technical level. Sure. But on a gameplay level, it backs it up in 10 times. Like, I know what I'm going to get from Zelda. I know how many, many hours of, not just gameplay, of enjoyment I'm going to get from the game. So... I don't think that $70 is too wild of a price for this. And also, I don't expect Nintendo to raise every game to be $70 because every game's not Tears of the Kingdom. What else? What's the next game that's going to be 70 That is what I'm really interested in. Because, yes, at some point, you get away with it enough that it does become standard. Sure. Yeah, for the next Mario game. Yeah. Is that $70? And if I it mean, isn't, it. people then immediately go, oh, well, then it's, less a, it's a less experience. Mm-hmm. I got... Hundreds of hours out of mm-hmm. uh, Tears of the Kingdom, but th- I, th- this is a cheaper game. So clearly, this is a budget game, and this is when you know yeah. what does the narrative get wrapped up in? That yeah, game? it's it's funny with uh, as we've gotten just more and more and more online, and more and more and more social, and everybody's opinion so is social. equal matters, and all this shit. Like you look at it, and the the idea of like time to money value is be is just such a conversation, and like if something has a short runtime, it's lesser than like you look at yeah, it, yeah, and yeah, you're yeah. just like like I, the amount of people I've seen being like. Like before they even saw the episode of uh, how are they going to do the fit the entire finale in 45 minutes? It can't be as good. It needs to be double length or whatever. Well, they, they pulled it off. Could there have been more? Sure. But like they pulled it off in the 45 minutes. Like I runtime is not an indicator of the quality of something. And anytime a Marvel movies runtime comes out, people are like, Oh shit. Like it's how or um, episode by episode of Disney plus, like sure. how hung up people get on this shit. And I think that with games, it's the same thing of just like, yo, more is not better. Are you enjoying the hours you're playing? How much are you enjoying those hours? That, to me, is where the value comes into play and what you're starting to talk about in terms of the price to gaming experience value that you're getting all, all the time. Like, and every once in a while, people like try to throw this back at me as if I said something stupid, um, where people always say, Xbox Game Pass, best value in gaming. Sure. And I was making an argument. It's an incredible value in gaming, and it arguably is the best value in gaming. But... I remember playing Last of Us 2, and that was $60. And to me, that $60 and what I got from Last of Us 2, that's one of the best values in gaming. Sure. But that's just, that's what value is. It's what it is to you and what you expect to get out of something. I don't need a million different games that I can play that I'm not going to play. Sure. I understand 100%. And I think that goes back to, you know, the old adage, right, of like, what something's price that right and what it comes down to like the cost is what people will pay for it or mm-hmm. the you know the worth is what people will pay for it based on the last uh, zelda game breath of the wild right like i will gladly give them 70 dollars for this less will give 
1200. <laughs> Bless is a crazy person, but yeah, that is the idea of like, it'll be interesting to see how they slide this forward and what does it mean for other games and yada, yada. But like, I have no doubt based on pedigree and based on just trailers and mainly just hopes and dreams, but the proven product of what Breath of the Wild is that, yeah, Tears of the Kingdom is going to be worth $70, $10 more. Sure, whatever. I fucking adored Breath of the Wild. You know what I mean? What a great time that game was. I'll never forget that, you know. It was when we got the switches, obviously, for review and all that jazz. But then I, I forget what we must have been PAX East. You, yep. you and me went. And I remember we were broken up. And at one point, you passed me on the thing. And I was like, I've never had a flight go this fast. Oh, yeah. I've never had, a, I'm having so much fun. I was doing the, the Divine Beast uh, elephant or whatever. Like, I was having such a great time. I, I was, I told the story last week, but that same flight, I was sitting next to Danny O'Dwyer, who was playing his Switch for oh, the first time uh, on Breath of the Wild. Like, he just yeah. booted up. And like, we, the whole time, it was just the two of us playing through. And it was just like, this is magic, man. Yeah. We're about to get that magic again. Just a few short months. I can't wait. If you want magic, ladies and gentlemen, you should go to patreon.com slash kind of funny over on patreon.com slash kind of funny. You can get each and every episode of kind of funny games daily ad free. You can get dozens and dozens of exclusive shows that are only available on patreon.com slash kind of funny. And you can often get just merch there. You can watch and record the podcast live as we record them. Like we're doing with the kind of funny podcast this afternoon and so much more, but I digress. You're not on patreon.com slash kind of funny. So here's a word from our sponsor. Shout out to Honey for sponsoring this episode. Honey is the easy way to save when shopping on your iPhone or computer. And thanks to Honey, manually searching for coupon codes is a thing of the past. And we all know there's nothing better than the feeling of saving money. Honey is the free shopping tool that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one it finds to your cart. When you check out, the Honey button appears and all you have to do is click apply coupons. You wait a few seconds, you see the fun little dancing guy. Honey searches for coupons and it finds you the best ones and then you just watch the prices drop we here at kind of funny have been using honey for years and it's helped us save thousands on tech costumes food you name it honestly i just love how easy it is to just set and forget and save that's the best part honey doesn't just work on desktops it works on your phone too you just activate it on safari on your phone you save on the go if you don't already have honey you could be straight up missing out you can get paypal honey for free at joinhoney.com slash kind of funny that's joinhoney.com slash kind of funny Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Carlo plays, I finally got around to Odyssey to use my Switch. Was pretty bored. Fuck you. The fuck, Carlo? Do you have no joy in your fucking heart? Jesus Christ. I have no other words. Everyone's different, man, and I don't understand that. Yeah, and some people <laughs> don't deserve it. Carlos, send me your Switch. You don't deserve it. We're going to find somebody from the audience who deserves it more than you. The Switch relocation program? You're fucking sick of me. God, that was such a failure. Remember that? Oh, I hate the Vita. had no games. All right, cool. Send me your Vita, and we'll give it to people who want to play it. Well, I'm not going to do that. Get the fuck I'm out of here. I don't do that. You know what I mean? I- <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, let's move on to number four on the Roper Report. Over at IGN.com, Cat Bailey reports, Xbox confirms it won't be on the E3 2023 show floor. Xbox has confirmed that it will not be on the E3 2023 show floor, but signaled support for E3's digital week by confirming that it will be co-streaming the event when it kicks off on June 11th. 
In a new statement, an Xbox spokesperson told IGN, quote, We can't wait to host our Xbox game showcase on June 11th, and we'll share more details later. We also look forward to co-streaming our event as part of E3 Digital and will not be on the E3 show floor, end quote. IGN first reported that Xbox, PlayStation, and Nintendo would not formally be taking part in E3 2023. Nintendo has since confirmed that it will be missing E3, while Xbox previously announced in January that it would be, quote, returning to Los Angeles, end quote, for its own event. Xbox's confirmation was in response to a list of questions sent by IGN on whether it would be taking part of E3's week of digital events, while asking for more clarity on the nature of its physical event, which did not receive a response from Xbox. E3's digital event, I'm sorry, E3's digital week will be roughly... Let me try all over this again, ladies and gentlemen. E3's digital week will roughly align with Xbox's showcase and will feature streams by Guerrilla Collective and other groups. Shocking, Timothy? No, I, you know, it's just a bummer, man. And again, broken record stuff on this. Broken but like, I just, I wish we lived in a world that Summer Game Fest and E3 could just get along sure. and just be one thing. Because the advancements that both seem to be making have so many pros on each side. Like Summer Game Fest last year was incredible it's as not- an in-person event. Sure. what I'm saying. Like I, but the formatting of having an actual press conference, like having the showcase, the kickoff thing, uh, where everyone can share a stage and make announcements for their games, and then having a place that um, media can go to and play those games, some of those games, and the way it was presented, like it was just awesome. Like I feel like they nailed that approach in a way that I've never seen in the games industry. Meanwhile, we have E3. And there's a lot to say about E3 in a million different ways. But when they did their their digital version, uh, the one you hosted, yeah. um, where it was kind of just like, you know, you get you and the, the panelists, the sure. GameSpot um, and IGN, et cetera, um, getting together and kind of filling the gaps between the, the showcases and then uh, teeing those up. I did appreciate it was way too long and there was way too much nothing in that. But I appreciated that E3 was finally like, we're going to have E3 is going to be a thing that we're presenting to the public, not just a place people can go. Yeah. And that was a great idea. It just, because things were being pulled so much and everyone's like, oh, me too, me too, me too, me too. It just got too much and turned into nothing. Now we're at this point where E3 is making its physical return. And it's so easy to clown out. And it's looking at like, what's, okay, Xbox isn't there. Nintendo's not there. PlayStation's not there. What's going to be there? And that is such a valid question. Then on the, the flip side of that, though. Oh, um, God, it's the Embracer Group. <laughs> you know what I mean? Straight up. <laughs> straight up. And, you know, we've, Greg, we've been to so many E3s. We've seen it change and ebb and flow throughout the years. And we've seen the booths get bigger, get smaller, that what booths were changed, what is even there changed, all of that. Yeah. What they talked about in the last couple of weeks um, about what E3 is going to be this year actually sounds really exciting for the people that are going to be there from a platform perspective of them talking about their um, having the bar in the convention center. Pretty much all the stuff for people that go there, they're making it better. They're enhancing the experience. There's an understanding for what is going to be part of the the show, the experience, what you're paying for, what media is going to be able to do, network and all that stuff. They're making it easier. They had this whole thread uh, a couple days ago talking about how when the games industry comes to L.A., for E3, yeah, they they are split between the JW Marriott, the Hilton, the this, the that, going to all these different bars. They're like, we're gonna have a bar here. We can. This could be the place. This could be where everyone hangs out and networks. And Super stuff. smart. And I love that. And there yeah. was so many other decisions like that they're making that I'm like, this sounds great. But if there's no games there, <laughs> if the but reason to get be people, games, I know. But like that's my. I, I've talked about this before, and I go back to it will be different, but how different? You know what I mean? Where it's like, I've said it before, you're like, oh man, you want to go, you see the PlayStation showcase that kicks off E3, right? Or not kick off. It's the Monday of E3. They show this awesome playthrough of The Last of Us. That's amazing. If you go to PlayStation's booth on the E3 show floor, you do not see that game. That's not what's there. You go to the behind closed doors thing over there that's like select people and yada, yada, yada. But even then, there's a presence of PlayStation. Sure. It feels like, oh, this is video games. And it feels like you're in the culture of it, being at E3 and being at the PlayStation booth. Even if you're playing third-party games, like uh, I remember going to the PlayStation uh, booth at my first E3, and sure, I didn't get to play um, uh, whatever was being being shown, the yeah, Twisted yeah. Metal, I think it was. I didn't get to play Twisted Metal, but I did get to play uh, Ultimate Marvel or Marvel vs. Capcom 3, which so, wasn't out yet. But that's my thing, is I right there pumped the brakes, then that's at Capcom's booth. 
I'm, yeah, if, if there if there's an Xbox, there's the Xbox showcase they're talking about right now, right? That's going to have sure Xboxes run a first party titles that won't be at E3 present, but there's going to be a bunch of third party partners that probably will have booths and be there. But I imagine there's a lot of third parties that were don't can't afford it, can't afford it the world or they're Jeff's thing of, or whatever of marketing partnerships and all that stuff. It's just we're so close and there's so many good ideas. They're just competing with each other, so I think it spreads both sides thin. And like that's just the the ultimate bummer for me. Of course. I get it. There's so many business reasons why, but um, it sucks because I am excited for what E3 seems like it's going to be. I just don't think with what it has, it's going to be able to pull it off correctly. And I think that the Summer Game Fest side of things is a lot more set up where they're going to be fine. Like, they, like Jeff's created. Well, that's like a curated thing. Yeah. That's what it feels like, right? Mm-hmm. It feels very much like E3 is like, yo anybody please come show some stuff here we're gonna have a bar we're gonna have a whole bunch of cool stuff blah, blah, blah. whereas jeff feels like all right cool i'm gonna go to people you're gonna make pitches to me i will make the choices on what goes and where yeah and it creates a very special experience but we'll see what this year looks like i'm excited but of course i i'm not um expecting them to knock it out of the park on either side wow yeah summer game fest or because of how much they're gonna be wow. pulling away from each other i think both are gonna be i i think summer game fest this year is gonna be awesome I think they're gonna re- they're gonna nail it in terms of like a lot of things we're looking for compared to last year from a uh, consumer perspective, and like they already nailed it from a media perspective. So I think they'll do great there. Um, but I just think that it'll it won't be able to reach the heights that it could if people just work together. Okay. Well, let's see if they work together for story number five. You want to catch them all, and it seems like the Pokemon Company wants you to catch those NFTs. Uh, this is Chris Scullion of VGC. The Pokemon Company is hiring someone with, quote, deep knowledge of NFTs and the metaverse. They should hire Tam. He has deep knowledge of them. Weesh. Uh, the Pokemon Company International has posted a new job listing looking for someone with blockchain, NFT, and metaverse expertise, among other skills. The listing, for a corporate development principal, describes an instrumental role in the company's president and corporate development office. The office has a number of responsibilities, one of which involves advising Pokemon Company president uh, and the executive leadership team on long-term strategy direction of the company. The role's duties include, quote, leading the identification, assessment, and execution of investments, strategic projects, and partnerships to support the company's long-term growth and monitoring and assessing technological, no, no, technology and market players uh, and trends in gaming and media entertainment, end quote. Oof. Uh, under a heading titled, what you'll bring. <laughs> the job listing states the preferred candidate will, among other things, have deep knowledge and understanding of Web3, including blockchain technologies, NFT, and or metaverse. It also adds that they should be deeply connected to a network of investors and entrepreneurs in the technologically technology sectors above Web3 and metaverse, end quote. It's so bizarre to me that it seems like the NFT metaverse stuff in the gaming sphere for a lot of the Western devs has like, they've gotten the hint. And I feel like at the very least, like um, the social response has like scared them where the higher ups are like, whoa, 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 what's that? People are upset. Like, Hey, we got to change this. We got to stop this. Yeah. And it seems like we look at this side and the Pokemon company, we've heard Nintendo in some ways separate from Pokemon company and then square um, all referencing NFTs in some way that sounds like, Oh, we're going to get something from this that it, that is, unfortunate for us as gamers um but good for potentially i don't even know that's good uh, good sounding to the uh the board members over there good for um, the bottom line yeah potentially but we haven't seen that actually uh come to fruition on the gaming side at least so far so um it's what this ends up happening or ending Being. up as i don't know i don't know if it, it even happens I, I think that there will be a reckoning soon enough um, like we've been seeing of this stuff kind of just being like, no, 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 no. And there's not an audience for it. So um, Pokemon has found ways to succeed in many verticals. And sure. I wouldn't be surprised if they found some way to make this work for them. I am not interested in this. Oh, of course not. Yeah. So, you know, we'll see. I'm right there with you. You kind of said everything right. Of just like, it was interesting to see this kick up and then die out. You know, and have like Dice not have a big NFT presence at all, like versus the year before where people were so Web3 and trying to have these conversations to figure it all out. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens, but it seems like, yeah, for the most part, people have gotten the hint of like, oh, this isn't doing what we thought it was going to do as it went, you know, was gangbusters this time last year, but then quickly faded out as it went uh, to being a fad. So yeah. we'll see what it is and see what they do. But obviously, I know you'd love to go buy a Pikachu. I know. I'd be interested in a Porygon. Yeah. Yeah, no, I wouldn't buy a fucking Porygon. <laughs> I just get a JPEG of him. I got him. Uh, number six on the Roper Report. 
Six and final on the Roper Report. Stalker 2 Studio claims it's been hacked by Russians and asks players to ignore leaks. This is again Chris Scullion at VGC. Round of applause to VGC. Crushing oh, today's Roper Report. Always, dude. The Ukrainian studio behind Stalker 2, Heart of Chernobyl, uh, claims it's been hacked by a group of Russians. In a statement posted to the game's uh, official Twitter account, GSC Game World claimed that, quote, a community from a Russian social network hacked into its accounts on a collective work with images application and is threatening to hold the data ransom. Hold, to hold the data to, data to ransom. According to the studio, the attack may result in hackers leaking images and potential spoilers from the game. As such, it is asking players to ignore any images or videos that leak ahead of the game's release. Quote, they are threatened to use the obtained data for blackmail and intimidation, the statement reads. This is not the first attempt to hack or leak our data, uh, including personal information. We have been enduring constant cyber attacks for more than a year now. We have faced blackmail, acts of aggression, hacks, attempts to hurt players and fans, and efforts to damage the development process of our reputation of our company. We are a Ukrainian company, and, like most Ukrainians, we have experienced many things that are much more terrifying. Destroyed houses, ruined lives, and the death of our loved ones. Attempts to blackmail or intimidate us are completely futile. It adds, in the event any... In the event of any leaks, we ask that you refrain from watching or distributing information about Stalker 2, Heart of Chernobyl. Outdated and work-in-progress materials may dilute the impression of the final idea that we have put into the game. We encourage you to stay patient and wait for the official release for the best experience possible. We believe that you will love it, end quote. Wow. Fuck yeah. GSC Game World, go get them. What an unfortunate story, dude. That It's just so such a sad state of affairs and uh for them to have to be in this position is very 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 sad and unfortunate and they're handling it the best they can yeah for sure and i think you know an audience would uh rally behind that message yeah i mean yeah for the most part well i mean their audience their audience yeah yeah you know the dick holes on the internet want to be a bunch of dicks fine but i think like it's like if i was a stalker 2 fan or i was really anticipating that game and you put out this kind of thing i'm like okay cool yeah like, and i'm running like a stalker 2 fan site I'd be like, all right cool guys we're not going to share the website we're not going to share the leak yeah or god man shitty ass situation a shitty ass situation that they're handling correctly we stand with ukraine and we stand with not sharing these leaks gsc game world tim mm-hmm. i'm excited for when stalker comes out on its own and mm-hmm. the audience gets it and they see it and nothing's been ruined but that day's so far away if i wanted something more immediate say what came to the mom and grop shops where would i go the official list of upcoming software across each and every platform is listed by the kind of funny games daily show host each and every weekday yeah out to Out <laughs> today. I didn't want to say something. I didn't want to say something. Sorry. Just Borrow Trump on here. PC. What do you got for me? Uh, it's funny because like the, the official list of upcoming software thing, which of course now embedded in my mind forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When we did the kind of funny game showcase for the first time, I didn't know it. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah, it was hard because yeah. I, I was never in that position to, to sure. read it. So I just didn't know. Now you know it so well. And now I just know it so well. because And I remember me and you standing in the streets of San Francisco and I was the one that had to read that line. And I was yeah. just like, shit, man. I fucked it up a whole bunch. It's and great. now we're doing another kind of funny game showcase. The world stream goes around stream. It is I saw stream. a lot of people running with when we put up the initial image. Like, oh, are they bitch about these showcases being so long? Now they're going to do one for seven hours. Like, I, I don't Yo, motherfucker, it says stream. What do you mean? It's going to be it's not gonna reading comprehension. All right. Man. All right. Game 310 for the showcase. <laughs> it's a small indie out of you. <laughs> uh, Rough Justice 84 on PC. I already said uh, borrow trauma on PC. Uh, Rough Justice 84 on PC. Woo, G, Dao, Ren, Early Access on PC, Potion Tyke, Kuhn on PC, Mile High Taxi on PC, and The Life of Delta on PC and Switch. Uh, new dates for you. Bedman is coming to Guilty Gear Strive on April 6th. I know nothing about Bedman. Sounds like a superhero I could get behind. <laughs> Deals of the day for you. Unpacking is $15.99 on the USPSN. Is this, is this, uh, this is Bedman? No, this is uh, Woo, G, Dao, Ren. Oh, okay. Good art style. It was like a little indie project. Blanc. Oh, no, it's not like Blanc. Oh, this is, it looks like Steven Seagal in that one thing when he's fighting. You remember when he did that? He just pushed people around? You remember I'm this? like physics. No, I don't. What? Really? You never saw this clip? No. Old ass Steven Seagal, like just doing like this really bad, really bad like demonstration. I digress. <laughs> um, ladies and gentlemen, we asked people watching live on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games and youtube.com slash kind of funny games to go to kind of funny.com slash you're wrong and tell us what we screw up as we screw it up. Uh, Jordan Deeb writes in and says, Tim said there are at 1,007 Pokemon. However, if Scarlet and Violet, we are at 1,008. 
After the most recent Pokemon presents showing off two new Paradox Pokemon and the legendaries for the DLC, we are now at 1,015 Pokemon. Crazy. Wild. Wild and crazy kids. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, that's it. This has been another episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily. Remember, if you're watching live in 28 minutes, mm-hmm. and probably a little bit more than that, we're going to go live with our spoiler cast with Neil Druckmann about The Last of Us on HBO. You can catch that live on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames, youtube.com slash kindoffunny. If you want to catch it later, youtube.com slash kindoffunny, and of course, screencast uh, podcast feeds. Kind of Funny Screencast. You can find it all over the map. Mm-hmm. Of course, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday on a variety of platforms, we run you through the nerdy video game news you know about. If you like that, be part of the show, of course. You can write in for free over on kindoffunny.com slash kfgd. You can get this show ad-free, patreon.com slash kindoffunny, where, of course, you can get all sorts of merch, dozens of exclusive episodes, and you can watch us record the Kind of Funny podcast ad-free and live this afternoon. Uh, however, you don't got any books, no big deal. Use the Epic Creator Code Kindoffunny when you're checking out of the Epic Game Store or playing something in Fortnite and buying stuff. Of course, you can get this show, Kind of Funny Games Daily, youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, podcast services around the globe. No matter where you get it, please rate it, share it, enjoy it. Uh, Tuesday. Your hosts are Blessing and Andrea, probably. Andrea's still checking if she could do it. She was going to get me final word today. So maybe maybe mystery guest. Wednesday, Blessing and me. Thursday, it says Greg and Blessing, but me and Snowbike Mike are going to the NCAA tournament in Sacramento. So we're not. I'll change that up. Don't worry about that. And then Friday, it's going to be Tim and Blessing. Like I said, if you're watching live, stick around. Snowbike Mike's going to hang out with you while we wait for Neil Druckmann to show up digitally because he's not in, you know, he's, again, Hollywood Bowl. Hollywood Tavern Drucker. on the green. Uh, it's actually New York shit, fuck. I don't know how to get, just Moose on Frank's all I got for Hollywood Grove. restaurants. You know what I mean? The Grove, right? Exactly. Ladies and gentlemen, until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you. <laughs>